for people with learning disability, they absolutely love Britain's Got Talent. Like, it's the highlight of the year. The judges are amazing, and everybody wants to be on it. Hello! Welcome to Britain's Got Talent. It's a pleasure to be here. We got an email, and it was, yeah, you have an audition in front of the judges. And, yeah, it's just like a pinch-me moment. Boys Who Form is a group with people with disabilities, and we are here to show you what we can do. We got them all together and we're like, um, you know, we've been rehearsing for like a long time because they just thought, to be fair, they're just so great. They just didn't, they were just like, yeah, we're just rehearsing for a show or like, and they just, yeah, like just screamed. Like it wow. was, it was just the best ever. What's your most memorable moment then from that whole experience? I've got to be the golden buzzer moment. Wow, that um, was incredible, wasn't it? I loved it so much that I'm going to do it That was just, yeah, I mean, my face gets shown on that cliff. It's quite funny and I'm just like, just look like the happiest person in the world. Literally gives me goosebumps now, like seeing how happy they were and emotional, like all of this hard work had like come down to that moment. For them, this is like the beat. This, this is, is everything. Moment. Yeah, yeah. This is everything. It couldn't get any better. I think you can see that though in the faces and the joy, genuine like, Strip back joy and happiness of everybody. Before you start this episode, please can you click subscribe below and follow our social handles in the description. It's a massive help and it keeps you up to date with all the exciting announcements from the podcast. Cheers, Kim, for coming on. Thanks very much for giving us some time today. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So we always start the podcast in the same way. So it's a bit of a challenge for you, really. I haven't spoke to you about this before. Okay. So <laughs> I'll give you like a minute, two minutes tops. Um, and all I want you to do is kind of take me through your life to date. So from right at the start to exactly where you are now. And because I'm forcing you to do it in a minute or two minutes, absolute tops, it's gonna to force you to bring out important bits. Yeah. So you don't okay. just go chatting about how great you were at school for five minutes or whatever it is. So are you up for the challenge? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's throw it in. So give me a minute, two minutes of Kim. Okay, so where do we start? Grew up, I was a younger sister to my older brother who was a very talented uh, footballer. And um, so I lived, I lived my life sort of in his shadows a little bit, I would say. Yeah. Um, and um, always traveling around with him with football, things like that. Um, and then my teenage years um, were enjoyable, I think, but then probably went into a little bit of a rebellious stage as some of us teenage girls do always um and probably caused my mum and dad some you know troubles and um and then I sort of got myself on straight and narrow went to uni got a degree didn't really know what I wanted to do was probably quite um underconfident maybe looking back had anxiety but probably didn't know at the time that that's what it was um 
got a degree, but didn't really love what I was doing. It was sociology, but didn't really know what I wanted to do. Went into um, do some volunteer work with adults with disabilities and basically just absolutely fell in love with it and found my purpose in life. Um, So yeah, just put my all into that, working for a company, Um, went on, had a few um, important life um, factors that got thrown at me. For example, I got MS, got diagnosed with MS at 27, just before I got married. Um, And then I had a baby, which was amazing. And then I set up a business, which I'm now running, which is absolutely amazing. And I'm loving life. And that probably brings us to now. I think you've done all right. I'm looking, at the ta- I'm looking at the timer over there. That was good. That was good. Some people go on for about 10 minutes and they don't even get half the way down what they've done. So now that's good. Good. Happy days. So a really interesting story. And I've known you for a long time as well. So there's even stuff that I want to know as well that I'm interested in. So we'll get into it. So just going back to the start then. So you mentioned about like your upbringing and stuff like that. So t- take me through your kind of early years then, like family and stuff like that. Yeah, early years. I mean, I was always the youngest of the family in terms of even all of my cousins, everything like that. And um, like I said, I absolutely love my brother to bits, but I probably was always felt like a little bit I was in his shadows because he was a very talented footballer. um, And I probably didn't really have like a hobby like that as such. Like I, I I was good at sport, but I never really like had anything that I was like completely committed to and fantastic at. Um, So without you know wanting to sound like oh poor me or anything that was probably just how how i really remember like my childhood i had a great childhood um my mum and dad are still together which is great um they had their ups and downs quite a lot throughout my childhood um and so that was that some tough times um back then and yeah i mean that that's that's kind of like a bit of the summary really of it yeah so can you remember like when you were like younger and stuff so you've gone on to do the born to perform and you know it's going really really well we'll get on to that in a minute but can you remember sort of growing up you mentioned about your kind of upbringing and family and stuff and from what i know about your family from like an outside well not an outsider but someone that's known you for a long time looking in like your family were brilliant like mm-hmm. tons of energy just so nice people um always really welcoming and stuff like that so you mentioned kind of being in your brother's shadow a little bit. Is that just because you you were a bit quieter? Yeah, maybe or... just because I was younger. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think um, my dad had some like mental issues when we were younger. He doesn't mind me sharing it, I'm sure. And probably that affected me more because it happened um, close to when I was born and yeah. things like that. Um, so he suffered quite a lot with um, like bouts of depression and anxiety, but he comes across as a very eccentric person. So it's like, you know, we're learning more and more nowadays and we're talking more and more about it, yeah. that the people that you see with the biggest smiles often have, you know, the biggest lowest of the lows. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. So um, I think I did witness a lot of that throughout my childhood as well, that probably people had no idea. Do you remember it? Yeah. Yeah, some yeah. people can't remember last yeah. week, let alone last Yeah, I remember I remember quite a lot of it, um, yeah. And yeah, I think it was, it was tough. I think, um, yeah, my mum and dad, did have a lot of ups and downs, but I am proud that they sort of made it through in the end. Yeah, they're an incredible couple, aren't they? Yeah. So when, when you were younger then, did you have any, I know you went to uni and stuff, but did you have any aspirations 
to do anything else? Did you know what you wanted to do when you when you growing up? No, and I think that's really important that I make that point because you know a lot of people think oh yeah you just know what you want to do and things like I didn't and I think I used I, I used to think oh I'm not really sure like I should I should know what I want to do and I can't imagine having a job where it doesn't feel like a job and things like that yeah. um and then I just sort of fell into what what I what I do now really um through my dad because my mum like I said my mum and dad are so supportive and I think he knew somebody that um could get me some experience so I was like was that a cube yeah, yeah yeah so at the time it was and then I was probably still quite shy then I was a bit like oh I don't really want to go and but push myself to do it and um yeah like I'll, I'll never forget like my first day going into like that kind of job and literally being like oh my god this is me like this is what this is what I was made so to do. So you found it quick. Like, well, why yeah. you were nervous about going in and a bit anxious about it when you first started it? You knew. Yeah, I was like twenty one, and something something just clicked. And I think after that, that's when obviously my confidence then grew because it was like, oh my god, I'm actually quite good at this. Yeah. Um, and then it would be like, oh, do you want to volunteer? And I said, I used to say, well, yeah. And they're like, oh, well, like one day a week. I was like, no, I want to come in every day. Yeah. They're like wow like I was like yeah I want to come in every day I want to be here all the time and I think that was where the passion started and so what about it do you think kind of got you going I think um yeah like helping others and seeing others um better themselves I think is just a massive thing and like we were saying like with my family that's another huge thing that I've sort of grown up with is being happy for other people when they're doing well and seeing seeing them progress and things like that and make it knowing that you're helping them yeah it's just yeah like it's no great feeling really for me i share that as well because there's been different things that have happened with our businesses and stuff and actually when you look at some of the wins that we've had and some of the good things that we've had what i actually get more emotional about and what i remember is actually the people and what they've achieved using us as a workplace you know, they could go and get another job anywhere, most probably. You know, it's maybe luck that they found themselves here, but they haven't. They've found themselves here and they've done it here. Like the house, you know, purchasing the houses and having the kids and all this sort of stuff. It's like, those are the bits that you remember, really, like yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I just love seeing people, you know, reaching their dreams and doing better. And also their confidence improving, because like I said, like I've touched on that with me, um, you know, when once I found my niche and my passion, yeah. and then it was like my confidence grew, and you know, after that, I think things things just get better in general. So we've got like a young girl who's um, been doing a placement with us recently, and like it just makes me smile thinking about her because she's just come on so much, and I feel like I, it's so important that we give her that time to, you know, develop herself, and then now we're taking him on as an apprentice, and just the way she, I'll like to have little chats with her and say, oh, can you plan this? And yeah. the next day she came in and she'd like prepared a load of stuff at home, and um, it, you know, and led this session, and just seeing her and her yeah. confidence in front of everyone, I was just like. That's Sometimes you just need to give people that because a lot of people have got the confidence, they've got it there. It's just that they don't get the environment or the belief to go and do it. Yeah, and it's down to giving them a little bit of, get yeah, a bit of space and a bit of bit the of opportunity. An opportunity yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. So with with that then, so that was at like twenty one. You mentioned when you started at Cube. Yeah. So tell us a bit about that time when you were at Cube. So what what were you doing? What was the kind of day to day? What you know, you mentioned that seeing people progress and stuff is what got you energized and passionate about wanting to come in every day but what was what was the job 
Yeah, so I mean, obviously, starting, I was only 21, but I think with me, I kind of just put myself forward for everything. And, um, you know, nothing was too much of an ask for me. And I think, um, yeah, just like day-to-day stuff, taking um, the adults like, out into the community, running sessions, um, you know, just trying to provide them with meaningful kind of day-to-day activities and things like that. And what kind of, like, disabilities and stuff were you having to sort of deal with um, when that you were doing point, that? Yeah, a lot, a lot of disabilities from quite profoundly disabled so I was uh, no matter whatever they sort of offered training I was the first one yep I want to be there I want to do it so we did you know like peg train so feeding through the stomach things like that that we used to hoist um some of the clients and do a lot of personal care and stuff like that um so yes cerebral palsy down syndrome um yeah a lot a lot a lot different so that's that's really varied and going into that like some people I think would find that quite overwhelming just throwing themselves into that like so i know a couple of people that have gone into kind of like care work and stuff and they've just not lasted they've been surprised at how difficult it is and certain situations they felt uncomfortable and stuff like that how did you cope with all of that because obviously you're 21 yeah you're not like 31 yeah experience you know what i mean yeah i don't know it's just like i said something just felt so natural for me there and i think just being perhaps having the responsibility of like knowing that you're having to help those people yeah. um, just made me probably push myself to be, I just, and it just never phased me, but also like, I think that was part of the, growing up as well with my um, parents, we were always, uh, we have like a few friends, uh, family friends have disabilities and stuff like that. And my dad and my mum were always so welcoming with, um, you know, people with additional needs. And I think that probably rubbed off onto me, though. I was, I was just never phased by it. Didn't know it at the time, but... Yeah. They're train, training you up for it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Getting it. Okay, so when you were at Cube then, so you were there for how long? Uh, about 10 years. 10 years. So yeah. did you go straight from... So did you go straight from Cube to then think, you know what, I want to start Born to Perform? Is there anything in between that we're yeah. missing out on? Yeah, there's. Um, so I got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I was 27. So you've been there six years at that point. Yeah, yeah. I had. I basically. It's you know. It's a long sort of story of it, but to cut a long story short, I went like blind in my eye. Yeah. Just started going, getting blurred vision, and then um, had, um, you know, just thought, oh, I've got an eye infection. Maybe I've got something in there yeah. and obviously the last go- thing you're going to think is it's anything serious oh my- yeah, like especially at an age never yeah. like never even would have entered my head just from outside of looking in again I know I'm not a medical person but um, I know symptoms and, and what MS does my par- partner's um, granddad's got MS has had it for, for a long time so I know about it but again it's you, it's not something that you think is going to be apparent in somebody that's like mid-twenties yeah, that's the funny thing, but it actually is. It's the most common age is to really? be diagnosed as a, is really my age and as a woman. Really, but obviously by looking at me, it's an invisible illness. Yeah. So you own the only people that you know about having MS are really probably people that are walking with a stick or yeah. um, are in a wheelchair because probably nobody really speaks openly about it. Yeah, um, obviously I do. But so, I, so for people that don't know much about MS at all, so like. What what is MS and how how was your experience in terms of when you found out you had um, it? Yeah, so MS it's a neurological condition. And it um, it affects your uh, nervous system and basically 
um, it's your immune system attacks itself and strips the lining of your nerves so that then your nerves are um, obviously not, if you think of it kind of like a cable, like an iPhone cable, when they break, it's like that wire from the middle being exposed. So then obviously you can imagine what that kind of does to the body. Um, So I've got something called relapsing remitting MS. So it's like the, uh, the most common, but the first stage. And you basically... Um, have a relapse so times where you go through some kind of serious condition uh, symptoms and then you kind of get back up and then you might have a stage where you're remitting which is you're kind of at a steady level and then you might have another re- uh, relapse so I've probably had about five relapses altogether um, all of kind of varying um, you know difficulty so I've had kind of like facial paralysis um i've had most i've had like my arm like can't feel any anything in my arms but most of it's been in sort of my face but um but i am actually on really good um medication now so and that's yeah. con- seems at the moment to be controlling it so so you were 27 when you found out yeah so just take me through like i know it's a little while ago but you seem to have a good memory so that's good <laughs> gone back further so when you the, the day you found out yeah just I will never literally ever forget that. It's like one of they they call it like a light bulb moment, don't they? I um I remember parking. I remember exactly where we parked at the hospitals with my mum, and um I remember they'd called me back in, but and then I was sort of getting a bit paranoid, thinking like oh. And then I was like, no, 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 just brushed it off. My mum was like, no, it'll be fine. And then I went into this room, and um, the neurologist at the time, (laughs) the way he delivered it was actually like now when I think about it, it's just so bad. Um, and I have fed this back to my MS nurses to say, like, you need to improve on it because yeah. he was, we just kind of sat there and he was just like, so yeah, you've, you've, you just literally just said, oh, you've got multiple sclerosis. And I was like, I think, I actually think I almost like laughed, you know, like when yeah, you're yeah. so, I'm not believing it. Yeah, thing, like, yeah. didn't even believe it. I was like, like, which is obviously crazy now when I think about it. And I think, and, I'm, and then I saw my mum's face and I think you always know when your mum's yeah. worried to be worried. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they didn't really give me any more information. It was kind of, that's what it is. And it was kind of off on your way, which was, you know, pretty scary at the time. Um, And I remember like walking to meet my dad who had driven us and dropped us off as he does. And um, I remember, and all I said to my mum was, oh, well, I suppose, you know, it could have been a brain tumor. And they said I could have, um, you know, I might be dying in six months. And she was like, yeah. And that was kind of really, the stance I took on it from there. Like, it was obviously just, you know, and that's just worked for me. It's a coping yeah. mechanism. And I think just being grateful for what I have and having a life now, it just makes me be able to deal with anything. Did you know what MS was when they said you've got MS? Yeah. Did you have a gay... Did you have a... I know you said you didn't really know what they were going to say. Yeah. You didn't really have a clue what they were going to say when you went in, but when they said you've got MS... Yeah, I'd, um, I'd had... Uh, it, it it had been mentioned before, but it was I very much just brushed that and I was like, yeah, well, it's that's not, not going to be that. It's it, yeah. not that like that's silly, because I know of a few people and they like we were saying are older people, but are like wheelchairs and stuff. So obviously, as soon as I got told that, I'm just like my first instinct is like, oh my god, I'm going to be a wheelchair like yeah, and not be able to move my arms, move my legs, and things like that. But it's so different from that and that's what I've been learning more and more since the day I was diagnosed and that's what I'm trying to raise so much more awareness about it because it's not a death sentence um and there's so many people like me that are my age or you know I'm 33 now but like 
early 20s, mid 20s that are getting diagnosed with MS that are probably having those same feelings that I had and they really don't need to because it is okay. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how do you think that, how did your partner react to that? Like what were your family like? Maybe think, when, it, when, it, when it all sunk in? Yeah, I think they probably hid some of it from me. Um, I'm sure it was hard. I think, yeah, I think... Have you spoken I, about that to, like, family and yeah, partner and stuff? Yeah, when I've spoke, yeah, so my husband, I suppose, you know, like a lot of men probably just kind of take it on the chin and he was just like, don't worry, you know, I'll just be there for you. And and he always has been, he always comes to all of my appointments and things like that. Um, and he is very supportive of everything. Do you run the marathon for um, Yeah, I MS. saw that, yeah. He seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was really amazing and, you know, it just shows the support. And I think my mum, a few years later, I remember her saying to me like, oh, you're, obviously at the time you didn't know, but anyone that would bring it up, I would just cry. And I was like, but I never saw that. Right. So I think they like hid that from me to kind of protect me um, at the time. So, but yeah, I'm sure it's hard. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, for, for it's, it's a huge bit of news. Like, what was... So you mentioned your mum was... Did she get upset in front of you often about it, or...? No, she she didn't. But a few years later, when obviously things had, like, obviously calmed and I'd really yeah. taken this whole raising awareness thing on, she did say to me, like, in the early stages, she just couldn't cope. Like, she was, like, so worried and would cry to everyone. But I never saw that. Yeah, protecting you, I suppose, isn't she? Yeah. So what, like, so... Physically, so you mentioned about that you get numbness and you can have like facial paralysis and stuff mm. like that. So, I mean, how often does this happen? Um, so Is it the, something regular or? Um, so I have certain symptoms that are more persistent, but a relapse is something that would probably last for like a month or so and then oh, it really? would get better. Okay. So I haven't had a relapse for a few years now. Um, I'm on medication um, and that seems to be working. I have an MRI every year and that basically checks if there's any new lesions on your brain, which yeah. are like is scarring to your brain. And the past two years, I haven't had any new ones, which is really great. Um, so, but my main symptom is fatigue, which is really, really frustrating. Um, so talk, talk to everyone about that. What, what, how does that kind of affect the daily life? Because mm. that's something that I didn't really know. You know, I didn't yeah. know that was a part of MS, was yeah. sort of the fatigue element. Fatigue is like really hard to explain to somebody if um, they've never had it. It's completely different to tiredness. It's like an all-consuming um, exhaustion that like you feel from the inside of your body, and it sort of and all you, the, the only thing that you can do to to solve it is to just literally sleep and like your whole body just shuts down um and you just can't push through it basically um so what you have to do which, which i'm learning is you have to like live your life in a very much you have to be really conscious of what uses your energy and um what you should use it on and whether it's worth it yeah and so is it bought on by you giving out a load of energy to something and then that's more likely than you're going to yeah. get yeah yeah definitely but it can be anything like even mental and physical like mental yeah. and physical okay. yeah mental is another a big one so probably after this i'll be like exhausted because when your brain is kind of just yeah. thinking non-stop active. thinking thinking and also in what i do as a job you know <laughs> it doesn't help but it seems like yeah, i was going to say to, to cope with all of that and do all the things that you do in the way that you do it with the mental... We were talking before you come on about, like, the mind never switching off and that mental stimulation and also the physical stuff that you do with the job as well. 
yeah it's it's just a constant kind of you're constantly weighing up um what's worth using your energy for so i go to i'm usually in bed asleep by like eight half eight at night so i don't really do anything in the evenings yeah. in the week because i'll have work the next day um i have to work out when to wash my hair because if i do it in the morning then that's going to use up quite a lot of the energy for the day and that will cut into it so it's kind of there's something called the spoon theory and it actually makes a lot of sense um and you someone with ms or a chronic um illness they get a certain amount of spoons a day um and each and um for example um going to work uses up five spoons washing hair uses three spoons um walking to the shop is two spoons blah 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 blah. And basically someone with like ms gets a lot 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 less than a normal person yeah um so i basically have to work out what i want to use those spoons on yeah um and that's just how I live my life. And a lot of people around me now, you know, my parents, everyone, even people at work go, save your spoons, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. don't use your spoons on that. It's not worth it. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. So it's really just conserving your energy and using it for, you know, the right thing. So that's that's a lot to deal with, surely. Like you're, uh, that's making sure you're like analysing every bit of every day, planning every bit of every day, you know, sleeping at certain times to kind of i'm guessing you have a nap and that gives you more spoons yeah, yeah. basically it's like a battery so yeah. um but people with ms or a chronic condition you know fatigue or something start with probably about 50 percent or 40 percent of really? what somebody else would so it depletes a lot quicker um and then so you just have to keep like kind of charging that battery um and then if you use too much of the battery if you go over the battery if you use 110 percent or something um, that cuts into your next day. Yeah. So then you have to be really mindful of what you do the next day um, and that you've not got anything on, you know. So, yeah, it's just... But it's just something that I have got used to. And yeah. if, you know, at the end of the day, I can deal with that. Is that just automatic now? Yeah. But sometimes I get it wrong, you know, of course. How's that How's that work then when you've, you know, you've got a boy as well? So, yeah, you know that's probably the biggest, one of the biggest emotion, well, the biggest energy drains, mind drains that you can have. He's having a having a, a son and a daughter, isn't it? Yeah. So Blake is coming up to four in November, and I am very, very lucky with him. To be fair, he's very, um, he's more of like a sensitive kind of soul. Yeah. Um, he's not kind of one of these boys that's kind of bashful and like boisterous or anything. So he, I think he's really is actually he understands. He does have he some. He gets it. Yeah. He, bit, yeah. he definitely has an understanding and he's used to oh mummy needs to sleep and he he'll come over and like give me a little kiss on the head and stuff when i'm napping yeah. like and he'll like put the blanket on me and that's crazy that he's four and he's already got some emotional bandwidth to understand that even if he's not noticing he's really doing it it's automatic for him that i need to make sure yeah he's got that right, yeah. care in nature and i think it's just that's something that yeah he's just so used to but yeah it's tough like having obviously having kids anyway is hard and keeping up with them and work and you know all the all the stress of life but um i think a, a massive thing is having the support of my family and my husband and things like that my mum and dad are absolutely incredible with helping um me and paul out and having blake so yeah i i don't know what i would do without them to be fair they're they're a massive help yeah, I think anyone that does anything, you know, you've got loads of stuff going on. Clearly, what you've said there around managing your MS properly and planning those days and being 
a co-founder of a successful business, doing that for yourself for the first time and learning your way through. Obviously, everything that's gone on with the Britain's Got Talent stuff, which we'll come on to in a minute as well, mm-hmm. plus just normal life, just normal getting through life. It's hard enough as it is sometimes. So, yeah, you know, I was, I'm, that was the part that I was really interested in, is just how do you manage it? I mean, it's hard enough for a not not a normal person, sorry. Yeah. Hard enough for somebody that's got a full capacity to deal with. Yeah. There's days where I just think, fuck this, I'm bollocks, you know, yeah. and, I, and I've got 100% battery, probably maybe a bit more than usual, but, yeah. you know, to start on 50% and have to plan your way through with that many things that are unplannable, like having kids and stuff, having a business, you can only plan a certain amount of that, like that's, there's elements that will just come up and that will just happen, won't they? So, yeah. I don't know how you do it, to be honest. No, there's, there is a lot that's, you know, life is unpredictable, but maybe... Yeah, it's funny that I kind of chose this kind of life yeah, like this. Yeah, you chose a, difficult, a diff, more difficult path, but a very meaningful path. But I think I, I, that I get so much from it. Yeah. And I think like that's what I, my family and all my support system understand, and they're kind of like, because some people might go, well, why do you do that then to yourself? But yeah. what I get out of it is yeah. so much more, and that's what keeps me going. I, I completely get that because you know I'll, I'll be speaking to my mum and, and I'll be sitting there eating some dinner. She'll come out. They'll come over for Sunday dinner or something. I'll be sitting there and she'll look at me and she'll be like, "What's up with you?" And I'll look like shit probably. I'll be tired and I'll be like, "Yeah, I'm all right." And she'll be like, "Nah, why'd you do it? Like, why are you? When when do you go to bed? What time do you wake up?" And I'm like, "I get up at half five in the morning. I go to bed at this time. This is what I do." And she's like, "I just don't get. Why do you have to do so much stuff?" I'm like, "That's just me. Yeah. Like, I'm not. I don't have to do it. I choose to do it." Yeah. Why do you do this extra stuff? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? And I'm like, I just, I get itchy feet when I'm not doing anything. Like, mm. I'm task oriented. I want to go from one thing to another. Even if it's tiring, I get that new little bit of energy and then I go with it. I can't sit there like, say for my partner will say, well, oh, you know, we'll have a chill out this afternoon. It's like, that's my nightmare. I can't do that. <laughs> like, I can watch telly and I can chill out, but like just sitting there doing not a lot where my mind's not going, I struggle with that. I struggle with that more than I struggle with dealing with doing loads of stuff. Because it's just not me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, com- I completely get that. We yeah. spoke about before before we turned everything on, didn't we? About like ideas coming to you at stupid times in the night and all this sort of stuff. But it's just, I think when you run your own business and you've got a lot of stuff on, I just don't think you ever really switch off. You don't. You don't. No, you don't. And Especially you can if you love it as well. When you love it, yeah, and you, it doesn't feel like work. And that's like, just life, nothing isn't it? is. It's not work to me at all. It's just. So we spoke about Born to Perform, uh, just touched upon Born to Perform then. So, like, what, through a few years on from when you found out you had MS, or what, three, three and a half years-ish, yeah, maybe? Yeah, If I'm getting my dates right, yeah, and I can count. Yeah. Um, you decided to, and you started Born to Perform, co-founded it with Charlotte and, and Clemmie. Yeah. Yeah? So how did that idea come about? Like, give us that story, because I'm, <laughs> I'm interested in that. Was it like a... It Brainstorm was, in the pub, was it over a dining room table? We should do this, yeah. I think. Or what was it? It was quite a funny one. We were... Um, so we'd kind of like... We hadn't lost contact, but we obviously weren't working together anymore. We'd all kind of gone our own sort of separate ways. I'd had Blake and things. And then I think, like, um, I just messaged the girls one day and said, oh, I like, really miss doing, like, the dance clubs, like, together. Shall we, like meet up and have a little chat about we just wanted to literally just set up this one hour club and we were just going to do it in the Bowton Village Hall yeah 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 um, so we ended up having like a little it wasn't like even a meeting it was just like come round I was at my parents house and we just sat in the front room we were like yeah yeah let's set it up let's just do it um, and then I think we were like right okay well 
um, what do we need to do? So we just, we got someone to design a logo and we were like, born to perform, that's it. Um, who, who, who had the idea for born to perform? Well, I have to say, it, was actually, it actually was me. It was actually? Yeah, 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 it actually was. Um, and then I think Charlotte added on the dance school section. Um, so yeah, I'm quite proud of that one. Um, and then we ended up having, we did a meeting in the pub. So yeah, that's nice. why I laughed when you said that. Down the local. Down the local, yeah. And um, just took the laptop down and we just, that's that's really where it all started. And it was just going to be, you know, it wasn't like a money making thing. It was just that we missed doing it together. We loved working together. And um, yeah, just it just started from there. And then, so we, we set it up, we like branded it, you know, we each put like 50 quid in um, and got the logo and um, set up a Facebook page and just put a bit of, made a bit of hype about it. And then, yeah, it just, it just went from there. Then we went into lockdown. Uh, we did one session, which was really popular, which was like, oh, it was so lovely. And then um, went into lockdown and it was like, right, okay. And then, you know, like we said earlier, always wanting to keep busy or stuff like that. We're like, let's do some online sessions. And we ended up literally doing an online session every day for I like- I saw those online sessions all the time. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a clue what it was. Like I knew you were doing something, obviously it was new and I've not had any a part of anything. So I didn't, I didn't know what, what it all was. And I just found myself tuning into like uh, Facebook <laughs> Live, everybody dancing around and having a good time and stuff. It was, and I still didn't really know what it was. Yeah, we had, oh, we just had so much fun. And, and I think that's like with yeah, DJing stuff, running your own someone's business. garden and stuff. Yeah, I was DJ Kim in the garden on these decks. Um, but it just brought, so, honestly, so many, so much like, attention to it. And yeah. we would, but I think it was just because we were just having fun. Yeah. We'd do like comedy nights and like Charlotte and Clemmie would be like chasing each other around like with policemen hats and just, they just thought it was absolutely hilarious. But we just did it all for free because yeah. we were just like, at the end of the day, you know, we just wanted to keep everyone busy and they were just, everyone was just at home and it, we had a laugh. Um, and so obviously through all of that, through lockdown, that's where we kind of met so many people. So as soon as we came out of lockdown, um, everyone was wanting us to do even more things in person. Yeah. So talk to me, if someone said to you, what, what is, I know what Born to Perform does, yeah? Yeah. What does it stand for? What's the kind of like DNA? What's it about? Uh, so, oh, so many, so many things, but pure positivity is like a positive vibes is just us through and through with absolutely everything to do with born to perform um inclusivity so everyone is welcome um acceptance so you know people with learning disabilities disabilities being accepted for who they are and being embraced you know not even just we're not even just raising awareness anymore of disabilities we're accept we're, people are being accepted it's not just like oh there are people out there with autism you know this is part of our life now we all need to really get on the bandwagon and realize that these guys are absolutely fantastic and just the same as us and are capable of so much yeah um so yeah just happiness happiness do you know what whenever i see any of the posts or any of the videos that go up like that you do automatically you just smile don't you even even if you don't know what's going on you just automatically tune in and you just smile because everyone's just having a good time exactly and i think that's a, a really good back like people create a business because they want to make money and oh, look, fair enough like everyone's got to make a living and stuff yeah. but i think when you've when you've done it for a different reason a more meaningful reason i think that element will come anyway yeah if if, 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 if it's done properly that element will come naturally because you've got 
everybody that are involved in, in it just like in the DNA, living and breathing it every single day. Yeah, definitely. So what, what happens between you, Charlotte, and Clemmie then? Who does what? So you yeah. made the name, but what? you can't, you can't <laughs> be surviving on that for years. Definitely not. No, the girls, um, oh, oh, I don't know. Like, we sometimes do pinch ourselves and say like, how lucky we are because we are like the best of friends, but we're obviously business partners as well. Yeah. We Any arguments? Um, no, never arguments, but of course, we disagree, of course we disagree on things. Give me your worst disagreement. What happened? <laughs> oh, I don't know what the worst disagreement would be. Probably like not even anything bad, like what will go in the show. Yeah. <laughs> I like want a, Beauty like and a, the Beast and they want Wicked and I'm is like... It, is it like a Monopoly board moment where you're like, well, sod you, I'm going. Yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> do you know what? It's not. It's, it's quite, it's surprising because people do say that to us that we're like, we. I think we we're just good communicators, hopefully. And I think we... Just because we all share the same love for what we do, yeah. it just works. Um, so yeah, it all starts. So I'm I'm more of like the kind of logistical um, running, like the health and social care side. Um, you know, the policies, procedures, all of that kind of side. Charlotte um, is more of. I mean, we all we all do those bits together, but Charlotte is more of like the dance side. Clemmy is more of the musical theatre side. But we all just take, you know, have our fair share of what we do. And we don't have set rules of who does this and who yeah. does that. But it's just one of those things that we just each put the same amount of effort in. And it just works. I think when you've got something that's that works really well, like what you've got there, like for us, the shareholders that are involved in our company are all different, like literally completely different. You know, John is different to me, like in probably 95% of ways. But what we share is the DNA and the culture and the the why of why we want our businesses to succeed and what we're trying to achieve. So he might go about it the same, a different way to what I do, but but the, the reality is we're on the same road. We're just going about it. We're driving in different cars. That's all it is. As long as you're going in the right direction, that's the, that's the key. And I think when you mentioned there about your key kind of pillars that you mentioned there um, and that you all share that belief and that passion that clearly comes through mm -hmm. just because somebody's got a different way of going about it as long as you've got a little bit of you know communication and maturity to say well you know you can't get my own way every single time yeah. you know that's, a, that's actually quite a good idea Charlotte maybe we'll go with that this time like everyone's on the same page aren't they it's okay to have different I think it's important it. yeah. to have different ways as well because I there'll be things that I'll sort of you know you know we'll be talking with you know it's WhatsApp group it's all this or whether we're in person don't get me started voice, uh, note, voice <laughs> notes in WhatsApp groups I'm awful for like, I must send like a hundred a day probably. yeah well, it's just so much quicker isn't it yeah. but um you know, I think it's important that we all have different styles of the way we work because I, there'll be things that I will think that Charlotte or Clem will come out with and I think, oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. You know, we all like have different brains completely, don't we? So I think that's also what makes it so successful is because we've got different views and different experiences of life that we can bring to the table. I think that's really important for all aspects of life, like friends, business everything it's important to have a bit of variation as long as everyone's on the same page yes variation's good so britain's got talent then so you've been kicking kicking ass with born to perform online <laughs> in in person it's all going great everyone's enjoying it and someone's had the idea to, to register for britain's got talent right yeah yeah why not just you know so, <laughs> just tell, us, <laughs> so tell us about how that all came about who had the idea how did it come about what was the kind of beginning of that process because it was we know about the end of the process. Yeah, recently I mean, happened, um, so. Britain's Got Talent for um, people will know, like in the learning disability community, is 
the biggest of the biggest. Like, yeah. it's the number one. I know, like, so perhaps some people probably think now it's had its day, but... For people with learning disability, they absolutely love Britain's Got Talent. Like, it's the highlight of the year. The judges are amazing and everybody wants to be on it. So, you know, it's naturally going to always be what we want. Talked about, yeah. Talked about and what we want, what we would like to strive for. So, yeah, so we um, decided to apply and um, it's actually been going on for a few years now because the first year was cancelled, but we were supposed to be on that. And that was because of COVID. So, yeah. yeah, back and forth um, chats with the researchers, the Zoom calls with producers. How does it all work, like, the behind the scenes? Because that? that's stuff I'm interested in. Like, we all see what happens on the telly and it's brilliant. But how do you even just register online and then they pick you out? I don't yeah, know. yeah. So I just registered online and then they got in contact and said, we really like... Um, and then they kind of do some research into you and because we've been there's no guarantees then that you're going to get any even get seen oh god no even off camera and stuff yeah no 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 so there's a lot of um, a lot of people have you know you have to go through see the producers vetting you for so many things before you even get to so I didn't even know even that it's like you see it on the telly and everyone's lining up and it's like it's (laughs) it's kind of alluded to the fact that everyone just turns up I mean I'm sure there's that there might be that side of it but yeah there's the producers like you obviously because think of how many people want to be on it yeah, yeah. and how much it's time not gonna, yeah, for logistically the, it's not going to happen it's just way, not going to happen so there is there is a lot more behind the scenes um than what kind of is shown on tv but yeah so lots of kind of zoom calls with charlotte clemmy and i and i think probably just showing how passionate we are about it as well videos of our guys dancing yeah. lots of different things showing you know you name it the, if you saw the WhatsApp groups with the researchers, you'd be like, oh, my God. Like, there's so much back and forth. But um, everyone at BGT, like the crew, the producers, everyone, I cannot say, like, speak any more highly of. Like, they have just been how we want every our guys to be treated. They are so welcoming. They've just been so welcoming to them, so treated them with so much respect and dignity throughout. Um yeah, but it's it's been a journey. I'm not going to lie. So you've had so so you went through all the Zoom calls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What was the moment like, and what happened, and where were you, and who you with when you finally kind of got the call or the email or the video call, or whatever it was, to say you've made it on? Yeah, that was. I mean, it's quite late notice before we were on. They they leave you hanging a lot, yeah, yeah. and you you message and then they don't reply for ages. So you've got to kind of be putting your foot down a bit with them and kind of saying, "Have you heard back? Have you heard back?" Yeah. Um. So I don't think we found out until like December. Um. So a few probably a few weeks before that it was for certain, and yeah, I think getting we got an email and it was yeah you have a um audition in front of the judges and yeah it's just like a pinch me moment and just like oh my god so who got the email all of you yeah 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 what yeah, happened then what, what, what did you do when you told think... everybody um well we kept it quiet from the students yeah. because it was everything was extremely confidential and it is with bgt so we didn't say anything because we didn't want it we couldn't let it get out and we were we'd signed all these contracts and we were like if but you were itching to say something weren't you oh my god that's huge of course yeah it was like we were so excited couldn't believe it was actually finally happening um and there was loads and loads of paperwork that we had to do, like crazy amounts of paperwork. So, and then it was when we told the guys, I think it, I think we only told them like a week before. Yeah. Um, and they, um, yeah, they just like screamed. How did you do it? <laughs> we got them all together and were like, 
um, you know, we've been rehearsing for like a long time because they just thought, to be fair, they're just so great. They just didn't, they were just like, yeah, we're just rehearsing for a show or like a performance. Didn't really say what it was for. Yeah. And they just, yeah, like just screamed. Like it wow. was, it was just the best ever. And the audition day, we went down in January, January the 20th. And um, we all, we hired a coach and they went down, we left at four in the morning from Kingsthorpe and, um, it was just one of those, you know, like you can probably imagine when you're going to like watch a football match or play in a yeah. final or Got something. Got a lot of anticipation, haven't you, and nerves and stuff, yeah. Yes, um, it was one of the best days ever, yeah. Long day. Very long so day. So where, where did they film? Um, the London Palladium. Okay. But there's a lot of other filming that goes on okay. um, around London and different places. Because um, actually the London Palladium's not very big at all. Yeah. Um, so there's other places we were back and forth on shuttle buses all over London okay. doing filming. All so day. They, did they take you with like a film crew out or something and yeah. meet you and yeah, you'd, we got filmed sort of just walking down Regent Street and you know um... what was all that like? Surreal, <laughs> very surreal because you've got obviously everyone just you've come from a coach in Kingsort down to getting yeah. filmed walking down Regent Street like all having to like just act naturally and like laugh and obviously these got like they just our students just make everything that we do just so much fun and um you know it's it, it's never put on because we we genuinely have that much fun every day it was just this time we were being filmed and i think the film crew just thought like we were just crazy but they loved yeah. it yeah so what, what's your most memorable moment then from that whole experience oh gotta be the golden buzzer moment i loved it so much that i'm gonna do it That was just, yeah, I mean, my face gets shown on that cliff. It's quite funny. And I'm just like, just look like the happiest person in the world. Um, yeah, that was like a real... Did you moment. know it was coming? No. Do you actually, because this is kind of like behind the scenes thingy here. Like, I always thought with that sort of stuff, surely they must know. Like, it must be... No, so not rehearse, but do you know what I mean? Like, they must give you a little bit of an inkling that something's going to happen so you can kind of be ready. Is well, it just... probably about like... 15 seconds before maybe oh really yeah wow. because okay. I was down the front with Clemmy and um, one of the runners came down and said we think we think something might happen we think something might happen okay. this was while the judges were talking and then you know we were just like obviously in absolute like it, it was you know the most surreal feeling in the world just standing backstage we couldn't get anywhere near near the stage because Anton Deck's bodyguard was like okay. stood there and it was Covid like still really like big in COVID times. Yeah. So we were like trying to sort of get through and he was like, no, 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 no. And then next minute they were like, oh yeah, it's gonna, we think something's gonna happen. I was going, no, no, it's too late, it's too late, it's too late. And then they were like, no, it's gonna. And then next, and then it just went boom. And then all the gold like confetti just came down. Like our guys like obviously on stage and I've just never ever, like it gives, literally gives me goosebumps now. Like seeing how happy they were and emotional, like all of this hard work had like, come down to that moment and it was just like so if you look at pictures of it and you like zoom in on like stills of it and stuff like the fa faces of all of the students are like it's like yeah it's unexplainable isn't it it's like, like it's amazing like i said like the bgt is the ultimate dream for them because you know they've got learning disabilities they won't necessarily go through all the things that we do in life you know but of course they can have uh, you know get married and have children but not all of them will do that. You know, a lot of the guys won't. They don't have that capacity. So for them, this is like the beat. This, this is, is everything. Moment. Yeah, yeah. This is everything. It couldn't get any better. I think you can see that, though, in the faces and the joy. Genuine, like, 
stripped back joy and happiness of everybody. Yeah, yeah. It was just the most incredible thing ever. So how did, how did that make you feel then, like... Because if you think, when you go all the way back, like, that wouldn't have happened unless that idea would have been had in a... <laughs> In a in your sit, sitting room with yeah. Clemmy and Charlotte, and think, do you know what, we're going to do like a a little a little do down Bowton Hall. Like yeah. you wouldn't have been in that position other than that. You know what I mean? A lot, it's a, lot, a long a long time's gone to get you to that point, but you would never have been there unless it was just one little idea. So for personal for you, how did you feel like in that moment? Yeah, I think it's like a crazy moment because, like you said, everything has kind of come down to that exact moment, and you're like in London. BGT with gold raining all down you kind of think yeah it was even for us like this this is it like this is the the best feeling ever because you know why we do what we do is to make our students happy and that was the happiest they could ever be so yeah just it just felt like the most incredible feeling in the world so that that particular clip we spoke about it before you come on it was had like just under like three million views like crazy and like for but looking on again, all over social media, for that even now, like like you're saying, it's still getting shared around. Different things happening, and like you had interviews with like TV, Lorraine, and yeah. media. It was all over newspapers locally. It was in the Mirror. Like you were everywhere <laughs> for like a week and a half. Like that must have been a bit of a yeah. yeah that was a like, strange experience. It was very strange because we'd we'd had to keep it quiet for so long that we'd got a golden. We couldn't obviously tell anyone. So. That it wasn't. That was in January, and then it was aired in April. So all that time, That's a long time. To we keep had that to keep it quiet, hat. and you yeah. almost like play it down a little bit in your head because no one else is sort of saying anything about it. You're kind of like, obviously, you know, it was amazing, but it's not out there yet. So yeah. when it got aired, it was yeah, it just went absolutely crazy. Like the the phone and everything, like the emails, just going ping, 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 ping. Like you, you physically could not, could keep, not keep up. Could not keep up, yeah. Like I've never ever had that feeling. I used to think like when people on Instagram and go, oh, sorry, I can't get back to you all. I used to think, oh, that's a load of rubbish. Yeah, of course you've got you a little bit of time. It takes two seconds to send a message. But then I actually understood this time. I was like, now I understand. Like you actually physically can't get back to everybody to like thank them. And um, yeah, it was just amazing. Like for that recognition, really. Um, yeah, it, it was it was just in, incredible. What was some of the feedback that you had from like the families of the students? Oh yeah, I mean, and that side of it as well. Like with the with the parents, like one of one of the girls, her mum was like in tears to us, and she said, you know, when she was born, I was told that she would never walk or um, you know things like that. Um, and now look at her; she's on the stage at Britain's Got Talent. Get, you know and never ever thought she would get to this point like you know just so grateful that we could see you know the potential in them and that we'd made it made kind of their dreams come true really i mean obviously it's all down to their hard work but um yeah i think the the parents reactions is just yeah just gets you every time because a lot you know especially in the past i think people with learning disabilities and autism and down syndrome were kind of told oh well you know there won't be anything and they'll never achieve anything and so to kind of for them to say to people yeah well we proved you wrong like is kind of special and that we help that happen is obviously really amazing listen i think when you take everything into account in terms of your kind of ms journey and you know sometimes the best things come from the smallest little ideas and then they snowball don't they and i think the biggest thing for me is just the reason that the kind of purpose and the reason you do what you do I mean that that 
there'd have been a lot of things that had to come together you know hard work luck everything coming together to make that make that happen but I think in terms of all you three and also all the students are so deserving of having that opportunity to showcase what you've done because when I, when I was saw I thought wow like immediately I mean, I've known you for a long time we don't speak all the time but I've known you for a long time and immediately my sense was wow like I'm so proud that I've known her and she's doing that now and it's come from such a, a good place especially with going through that kind of MS journey as well like and all the stuff that you mentioned there which is must be so difficult I mean how do you manage all of that through the whole process because that must have been intense yeah that that was difficult definitely um going through all of that but I think in times um like BGT I run I'll run on adrenaline yeah yeah massively um and (laughs) energy drinks yeah and then I will crash so when it all happened when it was all over I didn't get out of bed for five days and I would just wake up for I'd, I'd sleep for three hours, wake up, have a drink, have, have a bite to eat, and I'd go back and, yeah. So, you know, that, I, but I knew that was going to happen and that's yeah. fine. So I planned that after. Yeah. And, but it's when you kind of stop and give in. But for me, that was, it was when worth it. When the mind it. stops and you just think, look, that's the kind of adrenaline rush is gone. You're now on your own. It's like, phew, yes. Sink. Yeah, basically. So in your 33 years so far, you've been and done, a, been through and done a lot of stuff, right? So what, as you sit here now, what do you think your biggest fear is for you, in your life at the minute? Your biggest fear? My biggest fear? Yeah. Probably, like, I guess losing close losing close ones or, like, my family and my support system, really. I don't have a fear, really, with my MS. So some people might think, oh, that I'll... Um, my fear would be that I'd end up in a wheelchair and this and that. I don't fear that at all. I think just... Do you think about that? Um... No. Do you don't fear it because you don't think about it and just you're just super uber positive and I'm just not going to think about it. I'm going to partition it away. Yeah, and not I, I mean, it, or have you dealt with the potential I've of dealt, what could happen? Yeah, I've definitely dealt with the potential of it, but I think I probably do live a very very optimistic life, and um, you know, I think some people find that hard to deal with. Um, I've had like uh, close friends that. Um, couldn't deal with it in the end. Um, and I think they wanted me to kind of wallow in the self-pity of not doing so well. And so I've lost people through that um, that probably don't want to then see you happy and that you are succeeding, but it works for me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I, that's the way I live my life and I am grateful for, every, for everything I do have. So, um, you know, whatever will be, will be in the end. What do you reckon is the, like, the lowest point that you've ever had? Because you're a really positive person, you come across really positive. I know this is not just a front. You see it, you know. I've seen it for a long time. What do you think the lowest point you've had? Maybe it was that time, probably when I did find out I had MS. Because at that point, I I wasn't super super positive, and it was probably like the week after that that um, it probably hit me massively, and I had a I had a massive low about it. Um, and then it was almost like, so I did have a, I did have a low about the MS thing at, at that point. But then, sort of after that, a couple of weeks after, I don't know what happened, but something in my head clicked to to get me out of it. But I think, yeah, probably probably that was. I mean, I'm 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 quite lucky. I haven't lost anyone like really, really, really close to me. Um, otherwise, I would probably say you know that, but. Yeah, probably there I did feel very, very hopeless. And... So in that two weeks when you're feeling really low and hopeless and stuff and you're not feeling particularly good at all because of the news, it's kind of sunk in, I'm guessing. Yeah. What are you doing to 
what are you doing during that period? Because a lot of people that listen to this that have reached out to me struggle with their own head and thoughts mm. and doing these you know, different things, depression, mental health and stuff like that, whether they're men or women. You're obviously going for a really low point. Yeah. You pulled yourself out of that point. So how how did you go from there to I think you've place? I think you've got I think when you're in kind of that feeling of feeling so low or depressed or anxious, I, I think it is hard to see a way out a hundred percent and I understand yeah. that and I've I've seen that with my dad as I sort of touched on having depression and things like that. Um so I think one thing for me is knowing that things will that things will always get better i think having that you know like knowing that you can feel low for that times but things things will improve and there will be like a new day i think did you have times in that two weeks where you thought that that wouldn't happen oh yeah i'm sure yeah yeah i think you do when you're having those moments you do you do feel that there's no way out but i think you've just got to ride it through sometimes and i think like i've i've said the whole time having having the support from your family around you is but is the most important thing and I think like even like with my mum you know I think she can probably read me more than anyone and she'll know like even after the BGT BGT thing when it all came to an end and I had that those five days of fatigue and probably I probably was quite down then about things it felt a bit flat and she sort of will say to me I know, she can just see it, read yeah. it in me, but I think just always knowing that you've got through it before so you can get through it again. So if somebody is listening to this now, is at that low point, what would you, what would your kind of bit of advice be for? Um, I think, yeah, to know that you, you've been through these times <laughs> before and you felt like that before, which is probably true if you go through, you know, depression, anxiety. And I think to know that you've got through it before and that you can do it again. Yeah, I just think that knowing that bright there's more positive days ahead. Thinking positive and trying to harness the strength that you've been, probably been through some tough times before. Yeah, and yeah. pushing um, pushing through, you know, when you, when you feel like you can to push through. Like, I am... Um, I'm just going back to, like, I remember, like, having a, a low time um, in between, like, Christmas and New Year. I always find that really hard, that time. Maybe it's because I'm not working. Maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> and, like, everything's gone a bit flat. Yeah. And um, I read I read a book, like, I love I love Bex King. He's a Northampton guy. I think yeah. he's fantastic. And, um, and I read his book, and that was actually just before I set up BTP. And um, it was just... So, yeah, I think get help and read... read books and try and you've got to like push yourself to um you've got you have got to push yourself to try and try and do better but it, i know it's hard it's not that easy when you're feeling low but yeah. i think there's more out there now to like help people with doing that because some when i when i feel bad or negative or i'm not really helping myself too much i do one or two or three things like i'll either go into the business in and around people that i know will mean that I won't behave in that manner and mm-hmm. immediately I've forgotten about what it is. And although you could say, well, you're just putting on a bit of a front, well, maybe you need to put on a little bit of a front to just get over that little little ledge of feeling not very good and then actually the rest of the happiness throughout the rest of the day is actually actually genuine. Or watching a video, something on YouTube, something that I'm gonna look at. And I, I do it all the time. Like if I'm in, in, the, in, the, in the garage gym that I built up through lockdown, 
literally and I posted about it the other day like if I'm really really feeling bad I'll go and do a workout and I've got a big mirror in that gym I'm not posing don't worry <laughs> I've, nothing to, I've got nothing to pose on um, but I'll, I'll go and literally between sets of doing stuff like I'll talk to myself in the mirror and that sounds weird but like I'll watch stuff I'll, I'll tell myself that like what the problem is what the solutions are and I'll just have that time to myself to reflect and I, I feel better but when I finish that gym session I put all my kind of hard work into whatever I'm lifting or whatever I'm running on or whatever but I've also had a little given myself a little bit of a pep talk and I'm out and then I'm done rather than keeping all of that negativity and that struggle and the worry or the stress or whatever it is I'm worrying about keeping that in it's gone I've shut the garage that's yeah. gone now and now I'm now I'm in the car on the way to work or now I'm going to go and dog walk with the missus or now I'm going to go and take kids to school and then go to work and now I'm going to go to my appointment and it's done yeah, you've got to get it out definitely, and and not hold not hold it in. I think a big one for me is if I'm having that, those feelings at night time or whatever, and I probably learned these from the book is is the, is the feeling of gratefulness. You know, is a massive thing. Like I get into bed and I think I use my first one is what am I grateful for? And I'm grateful that my little boy Blake is in bed, fast asleep, happy, healthy, and then I think anything else after that, you know, is a bonus. So I think a feeling of being grateful is. Is, is a big thing for me. So that's really interesting because, like, it's just reality, isn't it? Like, I'm sure not, well, there's going to be a lot of people out there that don't have a very good reality, maybe. You know, you can always find the positive in something, I think, but they probably don't have a great reality. Some people do, some people don't. But I think when, you, when you're in a difficult period or you're struggling with something specifically, and everyone does, especially if you're running a business, you have it all the time. Like, the amount of curveballs you throw, people, different things that are going on, stresses, strains, it's like it can get on top of you. And it's got on top of me many times, like recently, years ago, you know, I'm sure it will in the future. It's just everyone's human. But then you go and have that time where you think about what you got, where you've been, your kind of journey to point, and you think, well, actually, I'm not doing that bad. And then when you speak to more people that run businesses or more people that have had that kind of experience, every single one, I haven't met one, have not met one that hasn't had the same experience. And I didn't know that because when you work for somebody, you think these guys are just untouchable. They know yeah. what they're doing. They just turn up. They turn up. They'll do a couple of hours. They, they've got the money. They've got the lifestyle. They've worked hard for it. It's easy for them. Yeah. You know. And it's like, and then you think, shit. Actually, I look back at some of my other bosses and think about certain situations where maybe they've not dealt with it very well. And I can kind of empathise a little bit and think, well, maybe he's just having one of them days where you just want to jump out of a window. Yeah. And maybe he's just having one of them days where he's got issues over there and issues over there and then I've been the 10th person to give him a problem and then he's gone and snapped. Yeah. And you kind of think back and you think, shit. Yeah, you do. It just put things into perspective when you work for yourself. And I think over the years, I think you end up surrounding yourself with more like-minded people. And I think, like, nowadays, my close friendship group, like, we all... My, my best friend runs the salon and we just, you know, we'll bring each other, like we'll miss each other all the time and then we'll, when we get hold of each other then she'll be like, oh, well, I've been here all like and I've got this to sort out. But I've got the insurance and it, now I've you? got my rates to pay yeah. and then I've got VAT and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, we're like, why do we do this to ourselves? But we laugh, but, you know, I think having someone that understands and that you can, like, bounce back with. Something you've just said there has really made me laugh, actually. I think that's the most common question that a business owner asks themselves. Why do I do this? <laughs> the amount of time, I love what we do here and what we do with businesses and the podcast and everything. Like I genuinely really, really do. I love all the people. I love the customers. I love the buzz of it. The amount of times that I'll sit back and think, Jesus Christ, why do I do this? I mean, yeah. it don't last very long. It's like a flippant yeah, but thing. It's but like it, a, in, you ask um, yourself that all the time. Well, I do anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's that instant thing. Like, 
when everything gets on top of you and you know you've had someone having a moan or or two people having a moan at once and you're just like oh you know like you just think what am I doing but yeah you, you, you snap back into you it, snap back into quickly, it and think well you know so what's happening with um, Bourne's before moving forward then so lots, what, what's next yeah well it's true it's exciting times so we've got loads and loads going on um, I mean our guys are like local celebrities at the moment so we've got like the carnival coming up we've got loads and loads of performances we're um We've been asked to perform at um, various different awards ceremonies and things. And yeah, I think I think now this kind of BGT thing has like happened and calmed down. I think we're going to look and and see see what we can do next and maybe how we can spread the uh, Born to Perform love sort of around a little bit more. So do you think you've got, obviously you've got a load of stuff that's coming off the back of BGT, uh, BGT in terms of performances and stuff and you'll continue to do it because you've always done that, whether it's lockdown or not, haven't you? Are you looking to kind of grow, Bourne's perform? Yeah, I think so. I think... Is it all Northampton-based at the moment? We're Northampton-based at the moment. Um, yeah, I think we'd... And we've had so many people get in contact. with. We had someone this week from um, Inverness. You know, can you come and do this? And I think, yeah, it seems... I just feel like we want to share, you know, and help as, as many people as possible to enjoy this kind of activity do you so. know do you guys know how are you going to go about doing that yet or are you, are you sort of still in the kind of thinking about options planning stages of maybe yeah. growing it a bit more it's, it's going to be a massive learning curve and i think everything has been so far anyway i'm literally learning we all are every single day but i kind of love that and i thrive on it yeah. and when you're learning a new thing i never knew how to do that and like all the you know the, the boring sides of business I think it's you know yeah we, we've, we've got a lot to learn but we're open to it so I think a lot of people out there when they like because it's so rare when they see like genuine euphoria and happiness with ownership of a business the owners and how that then drips into the other people that are involved in the business so your other support people mm -hmm. that you have and other teachers that you have and stuff like that and then that drips then down into the important people which is the students and the families like what for me Britain's Got Talent has shown for Born to Perform is how much of an impact that you got regard it doesn't matter about the views it doesn't matter about the golden buzzer but it's the the feeling and the proof of the work that you guys do that's come from just a little idea mm. in a in a living room that's then been created and, and actually you're you're changing the lives of the students but you're also changing the lives and you're creating genuine bottled happiness in families friends and everybody that knows every single person that interacts yeah. with born to perform and that's special and everyone would want to get involved with that like you you know, the the I suppose the options are endless. In some, you know, everyone would want a bit of that. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, because it's just like when you see genuine light bulb moment, genuine happiness in people and in something or in a business, people flock to it. Yeah, yeah, it is. It I think it's the knock-on effect of everything. Um, like you said, like it's it's it goes from our passion down to, you know, the people that work for us and then it, it creates the happy environment. So then when the students go home, then their parents are happy because their child's happy. And it's really just the knock-on effect with everything. And it, you know, it could teach us a lot, everybody a lot about life, um, you know, and the importance of, of this happiness and being kind to each other and trying to better each other, I think. And So what do you reckon then has been like the top couple of things you've learned from your experience with Born to Perform in running, the, in running that business? What do you think is the, the biggest takeaways you've had over the last few years? Um, I mean, that there's a lot, a lot of 
you know, there's a lot, um, I don't mean a lot, I say a lot of negatives, but there's a lot of parts of it that are more difficult than I probably knew that it would be. I think like running a business is difficult, being self-employed is difficult and juggling everything is difficult. Um, but I think in a positive sense, I think I've really learned that there is no boundary. I think until I started doing this, we set this up and did it for ourselves, like there's nothing to say, no, you can't do it. There's no rule book. Like we have just genuinely, no matter if we have an idea, we just go for it. We do it. You just put it into practice. And I think, yeah, not being scared to just do it because I think sometimes you worry and think, oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to do that because it hasn't been done. Yeah. Like just do it. I think you could take that into a lot of things. You know, if there's some people who listen to this, which I know there are, because we, we are, speak to people all the time um, relating to the podcast, people that are thinking about starting a, something, even if it's small, because everything starts small, it's got to start somewhere, yeah. just doing it. There's no there's no real, like, you just got to take the gamble. Yeah, and I think you can, you can overthink everything so much and think, oh, well, I don't know if I'm allowed to do, you know, like, I don't know who makes the rules of allowed, but I know I've had those feelings before, like, yeah. oh, can, can I actually just set up a business then? Yeah. You can, you can actually do it. And just putting it into action, I think pushing yourself and no, no excuses, just do it. I like that, no excuses, just do it. That <laughs> needs to be a quote somewhere. So what's next then for, so you've spoken about Born to Perform, so what's kind of next for you? Um, I mean, obviously I'm a mum, I, I, I absolutely love being a mum, but like anything else we spoke about, it's difficult to make time. Um, I'm going to make some family time this summer um, because obviously the whole Britain's Got the Hunt thing has been all consuming. Um, so I'm going to make some really nice family memories. Um, and then, yeah, I think we've just got a fire in our belly now for Born to Perform and I don't think we're going to you know just leave it there I so think you're telling everyone to watch out basically big yeah. stuff coming exactly so okay so if anyone wants to find you or born to perform and kind of reach out and maybe talk about you know your ms journey you want to get some advice on that or starting a business like you've done with born to perform or to talk in any more detail about your experience on bgt or anything at all related to what we spoke about today where can they find you yeah so facebook you can find us on facebook at Born to Perform Dance and Care Services. We're also on Instagram at born to perform dance and care. And my MS page is mama underscore with underscore MS. And is that Insta? That's Insta. That's Insta. But I have I have to admit I have had a little break from that recently because obviously I'm, you know, conserving my spoons. Um so I haven't That's been Insta spoons. <laughs> my Insta spoons. So yeah. um but you know now BGT's over, I'll be getting that back up and running. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. No, I I've I've checked out a bit of it as well and like there's some like for people that have MS or people that want to know more about it and spreading that kind of awareness, there's some really good personal experiences from some of the posts that you've put on there around your genuine experiences in detail which I've read before and it's ears eye opening. It, it helps so so much honestly um i've got so many um you know i follow so many people and i've got a lot of people that follow me that are of a similar age and you if you didn't know you wouldn't believe that many young people have ms and yeah. the whole community and social media presence and stuff is just 
it's helping so many people yeah and hopefully there's some people that are listening to this today and if you are listening to this today or watching it today you can share it and and spread that awareness as well and get tagging kim and born to perform in and and hopefully that can help with what's going on there as well so listen thanks very much for coming on uh, it's been good to see you again talk through bits and you know, i've known you for a long time but i've learned a lot from speaking to you again and yeah listen from me and my family as well because we've known each other for ages you're doing some great stuff your family are great and um yeah just really proud of what you've done what you're going to do as well because with obviously the, B- the the bgt get my words out the bgt kind of platform that's going to help hopefully propel born to perform as well i think that's such a great opportunity moving yep. forward just yeah. to kind of spread that happiness and spread that energy into what you're doing so yeah can't wait to see it thank you so much it's been so much fun wicked thanks